What's up, everybody? Before we get started with today's episode of the Going the Distance podcast, I just want to give a quick shout out to NordVPN. You can use NordVPN to browse the internet privately, safely, and securely. It allows you to unblock all sorts of things, such as streaming services in other countries. If you use the GTD Sports affiliate link, which you can find down in the description below or on our website, gtdsports.com, you can save 70% on a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. You can connect up to six devices simultaneously on NordVPN. It's available on whatever platform you use, Windows, iOS, Android, all that jazz. So sign up for NordVPN using our affiliate link today. This is the Going the Distance Podcast. Dude, I'm telling you, when I'm driving a fucking Porsche and living on a yacht, you're going to be like, oh, I wish I got him in the top guy. You had two picks on two defensive possessions in a row, and you don't win the field position battle? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is a fun show. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Going the Distance podcast. My name is Ryan Vanell, and alongside me is Elijah Spann. We have a very special episode for the today. NFL is finally here. Kickoff is just a few hours away. We are currently live on Twitch, YouTube, Periscope. Today is September 9th. It's a Thursday. Cowboys are playing the Bucks today. It's a good day to be a football fan. I can't wait for things to get started, and I'm sure you guys feel the same way. But before we get into today's episode, we're going to be talking about award predictions, answering some of y'all's questions for the upcoming NFL season, all that good stuff. But first things first, make sure you guys check out our website where you can find all of our content at gtdsports.com. Follow us on social media over at gtd underscore sports other than TikTok. We are at gtdsports.com. You can follow our personal accounts. I'm over at RyanBanel8 and Elijah is at ElijahSpan19. And last but not least, subscribe to the GTD Sports newsletter on our website. You can keep up with all email notifications and stuff like that. And one more thing before we get started, actually, we recently just signed up for TallySite. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with TallySite, it is a platform for uh, sports media entities. They can sign up. They can have their, their staff, their experts, their analysts, whatever you want to call it, on TallySite under the organization. So right now, I think... Me, Elijah, Zach from Betting on the Rocks is on there, and Noah from the Blanket Coverage podcast is on there as well. So that's going to make it so much easier for us to post our gambling picks to you guys. Mm -hmm. the, there's like a graphic maker. It's awesome. I'm really loving everything yeah. I've seen so far. So be on the lookout for stuff from that. And I think I'll be making all my picks solely on Tally site now. So I won't be doing too much on the Action Network anymore, really. I'm, I'm probably going to be doing a bit of both, but the Action Network is mostly just so that I can track my money. Track. Yeah, you can just yeah. track it. Yeah, because I keep I I keep track of all of that just so I know that I'm not down in the depths, you know, down in the gutter. <laughs> well, it's good for like live too because it tells you like how good the bet is doing, especially for totals. But that's yeah, topic for another day. Yeah, yeah, I do like that the predictions and stuff. Like, but sometimes <clears> it fucks <throat> you. Like this weekend, I was projected seven and zero up like six units, and then it went downhill so fast. I just ended up losing everything. <laughs> Yeah, not, not exactly how you want to do it. But today is Thursday. We're back still on our twice-a-week format. We're going to start our Tuesday episodes how we normally do with our highlight and low light of the week, just a preview into our personal lives. But on Thursdays, we're going to be sticking with would-you-rather questions to open up the episode. So I'm going to go ahead and go first because I know Elijah has a surprise for me. I wasn't allowed, wasn't allowed to know what his question is today. So I'm going to go ahead and open it up. It's football got to go football themed for this one so my question for you is would you rather take a full power kick justin tucker kick to the dick or would you rather deal with the public humiliation that manti teo did after having a fake girlfriend oh dick kick so easy. really really oh dude dude manti teo went on fucking 60 minutes and cried about his dead girlfriend that wasn't even real <laughs> oh my god, dude! I didn't know it was that intense. Actually, I didn't fucking remember yeah, that. Yeah, dude, it made it was national news. Like it wasn't just football. Well, I knew it was, I knew it was huge news, but it was just like, damn. Okay, that wasn't like like that. That breached like the whole U.S. because that was when catfishing first became like a big deal, and he was like the first case. And then everyone, he was the butt every single joke in America for like a year. Yeah, huge memes started after that. On the, and yeah, honestly, and, Manti Teo memes still live on to this day. And like, the dick kick's going to be hard. 
that's that's tough. You're probably but, never gonna have children again if Justin Tucker really punts your ass. Well, I don't think you'll have children again if you do the Manti Teo thing either. Because then, like, no girls ever want to talk to you. That's true. Honestly, I wonder what Manti Teo's uh, social life is. You know, I wonder how his dating life is after all that, or like if he ever gets questioned about it. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's kind of a good looking dude. I mean, he's tatted up. He's got like the tribal tats and stuff, and he's big. Big foot. His career, he actually had like a halfway decent career after that. Played for the Chargers and the Saints. So, yeah. Like, Maybe I mean, he's not, not that. a bad player. He was really good he's at college. I mean, Heisman contender is, as a defensive, you know, a linebacker. So we got comments here from, I mean, I assume that's not the legitimate Kansas City Chiefs, but it says, hey, what's good, big fan? Thanks for stopping in. <laughs> Appreciate you watching. That would be even cooler if it was the real Chiefs, but. Yeah, I hope it is. Um, so mine is, it's kind of a truth or dare, or would you rather type deal. So. Would you rather name a starting defensive player for the Houston Texans oh, God. or shotgun a beer? Live on camera right now. Live on camera right now. Can't cheat. If I don't... Okay, okay, okay. So I got to name one Texans defensive player right now. Current. Current, Current no cheating. On the, on the depth chart right now, no cheating. <laughs> Um, oh, I know one. Ross Blacklock. Who? Ross Blacklock. Google it okay. right now. It's it's a little bit, it's not cheating because I didn't look anything up. But he's a TCU grad. He's a, yes, sir. Let's go. You got me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, TCU. I forgot he got drafted by the Texans. Oh, I'm so glad I remembered that. I you honestly, if it wasn't, one. if it wasn't for TCU, yeah. I like that though. We should we should have a little bit more stuff like that. I like that though. Spice it, spice it up. I was about to say I'm gonna have to go grab another beer, man. There's no way I can shotgun this one. It's like a 20 ouncer. Oh yeah, the 16 ounces. Those are tough. Yeah, those <laughs> those, those are, are tough, tough to get through. <laughs> I'd have to go grab a warm one. Shotgunning is so much easier when it's warm, at least in my opinion. Uh, All right. Wait, what? A- would you have been able to name a Texans player before that question or no? No. No? Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw something today. It was like, if you can name more than two Texans players um, on the roster right now, then I'll give you like $500. <laughs> and, um, and I thought that. Their defense the whole... is so bad, bro. Like, yeah. it is going to be historically bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the only players I could think of were offensive players, and two of them were quarterbacks. So, new Todd Taylor. <laughs> yeah. I knew Davis Mills because he just got drafted. I didn't count Deshaun because he's like not really. He's like on, on the edge. I mean, there's Brandon and Cooks too. Brandon Cooks, yeah. and that was the three. That, yeah, like, that's basically all all that you really need to worry about with the Texans. Oh, well, they're they're heavy favorites Ingram, right now to have the worst record. Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, if David you want to count Philip Lindsay, I, I mean. Their running back room is really interesting right now. The Texans, everything about the Texans is interesting right now. It's yeah. going to be pre- there. So, like I said, they're the favorites, though, to finish with the worst record at plus 110 odds, which I honestly think is free money. But the Lions at plus 300, I don't know, that screams value to me. The Lions, even juice. though they got Jared Goff, Jared Goff is so much worse than Stafford. So, that's there's got to be some juice on that. I may, I may put like 10 bucks, but I don't know. I just hammered. Um, I just put like three units on the Eagles under six and a half wins because, bro, Eagles are getting three wins. They're going three and 14, four and 13 this season. I really don't see yeah. any alternative for the Eagles. Under six and a half? Under six and a half, yeah, for the Eagles. Oh, yeah, that that might be I, – I could see them – like their cap for me is definitely like seven, but they're probably going to be around five or six. So it's going to get kind of sweaty towards the end. Five or six. I could see five or six too. You're right. It may be a sweaty bet because I did get it at plus odds. It was under six and a half at plus 110. So took a little bit of a risk. I mean, it's not a bad bet, but it could be, yeah, it could get a little sweaty. It could get a little sweaty towards week This is my first season really doing full future bets. I've never done just a bunch of future bets. Like I have a lot of college football win totals going right now. Uh, December is going to be a, a, a very good month or a very bad month for me. So we'll see. Mm. 
But while we're on the, the realm of predictions and whatnot, let's go ahead and get into our full. We posted a blog earlier on our website, uh, gtdsports.com, where we had our full staff. Everybody at GTD gave their predictions for the upcoming season from Super Bowl matchup, MVP, Defensive Rookie of the Year, all that jazz, you name it. We are predicting it right now. So we're just going to go based on the blog, really, and kind of take you through our picks and why we made them or why we didn't make something. Um, so first things first, for the Super Bowl matchup, we've kind of talked about it a bit on our old episodes, but my matchup is the Los Angeles Rams against the Buffalo Bills. That's what I'm going with. What about you? Um, I got Packers-Bills. So I think Packers are my pick to win it all. I think Rodgers wants to win a Super Bowl and then get the fuck out of Green Bay. Like I, I could totally see that happening, yeah. I, I think to him that would just be like the most petty thing you could do in his mind and also go out and like win a championship because as petty as Rodgers is, he's still competitive. And so like yeah. he's not going to let that get in the way of winning. So I could totally see him winning it all, being like, you know, the the people's champ and then saying fuck you to the front office and then making them trade him. I, I guarantee that's probably what's going to happen after this year, even if it's a Super Bowl or not. But yeah. yeah, I could totally see like a last dance type thing, kind of to make a, a play off of uh, Aaron Rodgers and Adams' Instagram post from a while back. But I, I really could see like a last dance season for them where they just go off. I think Adams is going to put up yeah. ridiculous numbers this year. Like it, it won't even I be close. He, he will be the number one receiver by far. I don't know about yards actually, though. That's always tough. Like who leads the league in Definitely receiving? touchdowns. Definitely, Definitely touchdowns, touchdowns, I think. Yeah. In receptions, he's going to be getting like at least eight a game probably um all right bills, what's next on our list oh yeah bills yeah let's talk about bills a little bit i'm on the bills hype train. i i really am yeah so the main reason why i picked the bills is because i just don't see the chiefs going back back to back super bowls um because that's just so hard to do and a lot of people think they are and like yeah they're really good but people kind of forget outside of the patriots that like teams don't really do that like, remember when the Seahawks went to back-to-back Super Bowls and people thought they were going to go to Super Bowls for the next 10 years and they haven't been yeah. back since they, since they lost? Like, that yeah. could easily happen with the Chiefs. Like, people forget that it's so hard to make deep playoff runs. And so that's why – that's really the reason why I'm down on them, not because of anything, like, that they've done or whatever. It's just that it's so hard to keep sustaining that high level of success that they have for the past two years. No, I mean, you're right. And, it like, don't – I totally agree basically with just about everything you said. I mean, like, and I I guarantee we're not knocking the chiefs in any way. They're definitely going to be one of the best teams in the league, but you're right. It is, it is hard to make those consistent playoff pushes, especially when you have the majority same team, like correct me if I'm wrong, but the chiefs primarily maintained the same core group. They didn't really lose anybody major Mm -hmm. or add Mm -hmm. anybody major. So they are definitely contenders, but yeah, I just, I'm, I don't know what it is about the Bills. I just feel like there's something special there. Josh Allen, he looked so much more comfortable last season. He looked like he was really playing his brand of football, and that's exactly what the Bills want. Um, So him and Stephon Diggs are going to put up crazy numbers. I think, too, another big thing that's going to help them this year is I really think Zach Moss is going to break out. Uh, Maybe not have like a crazy top 10 type year, you know, but break out in the sense that he will claim the running back spot for the Bills. Like he will become their number one guy. Um, so I, just, I like Zach Moss a lot. Yeah, and I think one thing that is kind of underlooked right now is that they didn't lose their offensive coordinator to a head coaching job somewhere else. He stayed. The bowl. That's true. He stayed. Yeah. So that's that's another big reason to be high on them. I almost the one of the main reasons too is just because like they're the logical next choice after the Chiefs. If you don't like the Chiefs, I thought about getting cute with it, like picking the Browns or Dolphins, but I didn't have enough balls for that. Dolph- so, uh, no, Dolphins, no. No, 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 no. I think Dolphins, AFC- no. Well, like, I like the – I just like Brian Flores a lot, and I like the Dolphins as a team, but Tua is not it. But, like, I, I almost picked Browns, but I was like, am I, I, I can't do that. I'm not I – don't, I don't have enough balls for that. Yeah, a few of the GTD staff, like three of them actually picked the Browns, and uh, which was kind of surprising, but not really. Um, in the AFC, I truly only see – three scenarios oh there's mac one to play but i only see mm-hmm. three scenarios i think it's definitely the chiefs are up there definitely the bills are up there and then the browns would be my number three pick uh which mm-hmm. pains me to say it really does pain me to say but they 
We're going to talk about it too a little bit later in the episode, but they really have the talent. They have the coaching staff now. They have what it takes. Uh, the only thing that I question is whether or not Baker Mayfield is a Super Bowl quarterback, and I don't yep. think he is. 100%. 100%. Uh, so next nice. up on our list of predictions is MVP. And I'm going to ride with our boy. We've talked about it from the start. Uh, I love, absolutely love the pairing of Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. I will not stop talking about it until the Rams give me a reason to stop talking about it. So Matthew Stafford is my pick for MVP. He's at plus 1,500 odds right now, which is pretty juicy. I just laid down half a unit, so I'm looking forward to that payday come uh, February. No, yeah, that's a great pick. I considered him. I also considered Dak, but I think that's just my fandom telling it's, it's me It's actually that. not terrible I, if he I still stays healthy. I do think he's a legit MVP candidate, but I ultimately went with Josh Allen because, again, like I said before, he's bringing back his offensive coordinator. He has all his weapons back from last year. I think he's only going to get better because he only had that one good year. I think he's going to have another one. Um, like He finished second last year. He's still young. MVP voters love voting young quarterbacks getting their first MVP. And I, I just think that, you know, he's probably the logical choice at this moment in time. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that pick at all. He was definitely my number two choice. It was it was kind of a coin flip for me between Stafford and uh, Allen. Because also I think that even though I picked both the Rams and the Bills for the Super Bowl, I think Josh Allen will get a little bit more credit for team success because – I think the Bills will probably finish with a better record than the Rams by like one or two games. Um, so that that's definitely a good pick as well. I could see that that happening, if, especially if he reproduces anything similar to last year, which he should. So, all right, next up is Offensive Player of the Year. This one's a little bit tricky because it's kind of – the MVP is always an offensive player. Um but usually a different player wins the offensive player of the year separate from the MVP. So I went with uh, a little bit of a dark horse. Uh, he's gotten some hype in the preseason, but Kyler Murray, I think he is going to break out. Well, not break out. He's already broken out. He's phenomenal. But I think he's going to have a thousand yard rushing season as a quarterback. And that to me would be enough to be an offensive player of the year. So that's my pick right there. Um, for me, I'm going Christian McCaffrey, CMC. I think he can Ooh. do – if he stays healthy all year, he could easily have another 1,000 and 1,000 season. Um, and if he does that, how can you not give him that award? Because this really – this reward is really just for um, kind of like a flex guy, a running back, wide receiver, tight end, because they're never going to get an MVP again. Um, so that's why I'm going with McCaffrey, because I think, I think he can definitely bounce back and have a really good year. That's a good point. It is definitely more for those flex positions. Um, and that's I kind of made an exception with Murray because of his rushing ability. I think that's mm. kind of going to set him above the rest of the quarterbacks for this argument. But you're right. Likely it will probably end up going to a receiver. I think one of my dark horses for Offensive Player of the Year actually was Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley may end up being the number one fantasy receiver in Atlanta's offense. That's a little bit of a bold prediction. But he was he was another guy I was looking at for that. Um, now, defensive player of the year uh, is a bit more straightforward. I feel like there's only two, three, four guys really that are up for contention this year. Um, I was split 50-50 between the guy you picked and who I went with. Uh, but I ended up going with Chase Young. Uh, absolutely insane year last year. I think, what was it? He finished with 18 sacks. Something like that. Crazy. I don't know. That's – I don't know. Let me, I don't even know. I think his number was seven and a half. Let me get, let me fact check you real quick. Seven and a half. All right. Well, shit. You were, you were thinking of his college numbers. I was, yeah, like actually. At, at Ohio year, State, yeah. Last year. Hey, but anyway, I'm still going with Chase Young for the fifth Yeah, and, no, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah. I was um, almost between uh, your guys, so go ahead. Yeah, I went ahead with Donald. Um, this is a award, an award that definitely favors uh, defensive linemen. Everyone's not like Stephon Gilmore as a cornerback won it the other year, but that's really that really doesn't happen that much. If it were to go to a cornerback, I've seen some people pick like Ramsey or Jair Alexander. I really don't think so. Maybe if Randy like completely Ramsey's shut the down only Montana, one I would say. Yeah, Ramsey's mm -hmm. the only one I would say. He'd have to get a lot more picks though. Um, for that to happen, but I, it, this is a defensive lineman award. 
and not even really linebackers get it that much either. Like Luke Keekley was the last guy to overtake that. Uh, so I'm going with the best defensive lineman in the game right now and Aaron Donald. Like I can, this is an award too, where they can just keep feeding it to a guy just cause he's so damn good. And like, it definitely feeds in that narrative too, that Aaron Donald was like the best defensive player ever. So um, he's going to have another awesome kick-ass season. He won. I mean, I know he won back to back. That was, yeah, that was 2017, 2018. He won it back to back. So yeah, he, he has literally won three of the last four awards. So mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty crazy. And I would not be surprised if he repeated again. Like, again, that was one of my, my options for the DPO DPOY defensive player of the year. Um, he's just a, a freak of nature. He's a beast. There's, there's no other way to put it. He's going to produce every year. Now, this is where the conversation gets a bit more interesting, though, is the rookies. A lot of hype around this rookie class, especially the quarterbacks. So who is your pick for the offensive rookie of the year? There's a lot of a lot of different names being thrown out there. Yeah, I'm going with Mac Jones just because he has the most opportunity to win and playing the most meaningful games. So I think that's that's I'm going with Mac Jones. I 100% agree. I'm also taking Mac Jones. I just checked before we recorded. His odds are uh, plus 250. He is the second highest favorite, which honestly, plus 250 is pretty good value in my opinion. I think this is – I've said it before. I think this is the perfect scenario for Mac Jones, uh, Bill Belichick, the Patriots offense. It's going to work out for him, even though he doesn't have any crazy weapons to throw to. Um, Jacoby Myers is supposed to have a breakout year potentially, so that's a name to look out for. But yeah, I agree. Mac Jones, I think he's the clear cut decision. You could argue Trevor Lawrence, but I just I don't trust the Jags at all. Yeah, I mean Trevor Lawrence is an option. Um, Zach Wilson, if you are into that kind of thing, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Alex, of Alex uh, on GTD picked Zach Wilson. So okay, um, I mean there's. I don't uh, think that's. Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase? I don't think Jamar Chase at this point. I mean, he's dropped. Jamar Chase is, yeah, he literally has just been dropping the ball all training camp. Fuck me, bro. Um, I don't know. It'd, it'd be hard. It'd be hard to like pin a guy because Justin Jefferson won it last year. I'm trying to think of a guy that could do that. Najee Harris, maybe. Um, Najee is actually another one. Yeah. That, he's that would get probably so be, many carries. Yeah, that would probably be my second choice. Is Najee Harris? Yeah, I agree, actually. He's going to, even though the Steelers O-line is kind of poo-poo dog shit right now, they're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of carries to Najee. Now, uh, defensive rookie of the year. So, for some reason, maybe I am just ignorant and didn't see anything, but Patrick Sertain's odds were not listed on the defensive rookie of the year race, um, which kind of concerns me because he is my pick for defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I think... Denver's a pretty good spot for him, even though originally I thought the Cowboys were going to be drafting him. Uh, so I've heard a lot of great things from Sertain at a training camp. Yeah, I know you guys were kind of hoping for him, but Parsons is going to be fine. Parsons is going to be just fine. Um, yeah, Sertain, though, I've heard only good things about him in training camp and in the preseason. So I think he'll fit in just fine to Denver. They've had some great cornerbacks in the past. Um, so just good position for him to be in. Yeah, I mean, he's he, – I mean, that's a decent pick. The only thing about rookie cornerbacks is rookie cornerbacks tend to struggle in their first year, kind of like tight ends almost. So like, Yeah, I mean, you know, you got the Marshawn Lattimores of the world, though. That's true. That's what I was just about to say, too. But then you also have guys that come in right away and produce. Like Trayvon Diggs last year, he had a great rookie year. He's going to be a stud, too. Yeah. But my rookie of the year pick, defensive rookie of the year, Micah Parsons, like you said. Cowboys have had – a really good trend of getting really good guys, linebackers in the rookie year, like starting off their career. So I think that uh, Michael Parsons can, can continue that trend because he's an athletic freak. We're not only going to use him as a middle linebacker, but we're going to use him as an edge rusher there. So, I mean, there's a potential potential that he could get double-digit sacks. I at least see him getting around seven. Um, and that, along with the amount of tackles he's going to have and the versatility – I mean, this guy is probably going to do everything. He's going to force fumbles. He's going to have picks. He's going to have a lot of sacks. He's going to do all things along that defense. He's going to make a lot of plays. Yeah, I mean, if he plays anything like he did at Penn State, 
you're exactly right. He's going to be all over the fucking field. He's going to be creating chaos for the offense. Yeah, he he is a special guy. I mean, he definitely is a linebacker. Like, he is built for it athletically. He is meant to be a linebacker. Um, and he plays it so well. In today's well. game, too. Yeah, and he plays it so well. So, I, he is one of those guys that I really, really liked coming out of college. The only thing, you know, is those off-field issues, which I doubt are going to be a problem at all in the NFL. Off-field. Yeah, he had a bit of a, a bit of issues coming into the draft. I forgot exactly what they were. Um, I don't. I don't know exactly what. But do you not remember that? Yeah. A lot of people were kind of nervous whenever they first drafted him. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because yeah, it was it was a pretty it right big now. story. Yeah, character Michael, issues, Michael Parsons' mistakes. character issues. Uh, it wasn't anything crazy, like you know he didn't beat anybody or anything like that. But I mean. There was just some concerns around him uh, off the field. But I, I really, again, I don't think that's going to be a problem in the NFL. It may be because Cowboys players kind of have a history of fucking up sometimes. <laughs> but I think Parsons is going to be fine. That's another solid pick for uh, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, he has pretty good value betting, too. I think he's actually like the third favorite behind Sertain. And, but Sertain wasn't on our book for some reason. So, anyway. It's not a bad pick. I think – are you reading into his off-field issues right now? Yeah, it just says character issues. And it happened in his, like, freshman year. So he's, like, 17 or 18. So. Yeah, so I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Now, I already can guarantee I know who you're going to pick for this one. But comeback player of the year, it's pretty obvious. So I'm going to let you go ahead and go first because this is the clear-cut decision. So – Dude, Dak Prescott, no question. No question, Dak Prescott. He's going to come back. He's going to have an MVP caliber season. Like, realistically, I see him around third or fourth in the MVP voting. And if he gets that number, especially after the way that he went down last year, he's going to be unequivocally the comeback player of the year. Yeah, I mean, he's the favorite for a reason. I think if he stays healthy – there's a 90% chance he's going to win the award if he stays healthy all year. Um, but personally, I I kind of saw everybody at GTD was going with Dak Prescott, or at least the majority. A few people had picked McCaffrey, a couple picked Saquon. But I wanted to be different because I don't think he's getting enough attention. And I know the Bengals are bad, okay? <laughs> I'm not trying to say they're not, but they're going to be passing the ball a lot because they're going to be losing a lot. So Joe Burrow, I think if he stays healthy, actually does have a legitimate chance of winning this award. The only thing is I don't think even with uh, passing the ball as often as the Bengals do, I don't think his numbers will add up to what Dak is going to produce this year. So realistically, I do think it's going to be Dak, but I'm just going to go with Burrow because I got to have confidence in my boy. So I'm going with Joe Burrow right, for that one. A couple one. homer picks. Yeah, a couple, couple homer picks, yeah. Actually, that, that was my only really homer pick, Burrow, on this on this award list so far. But last one on the list is Coach of the Year. And I'm going to go with – I'm going to ride the Rams like I've been doing. I have them in the Super Bowl. I have Stafford as the MVP. It only makes sense to make Sean McVay the Coach of the Year. I really love the pairing of Stafford and McVay. Their offense is going to be something – it's going to be must-watch TV this year, seeing what they, they can do on the field together. So, Sean McVay's my pick. Lock it in. Book it. I'm pretty confident on that one. Okay. Okay. So, I'm going with uh, Brandon Staley, rookie coach of the Chargers. Um, if the Chargers I like that make pick. that next step, and if he improves the defense, I could see him easily winning coach of the year. Because he's a young guy. He'd be, you know. If he can go out there and make an impact for that Chargers for that Chargers team that has been struck by like the worst luck almost of any other team in terms of like blowing it like games and he fixes comes in and fixes that and gets the Chargers to like nine or ten wins, he's coach of the year. Hundred percent. Yeah, I if actually he, like that pick a lot too. Especially because he's a like young he, guy too. Keeps, yeah, if he keeps Herbert going, um, my biggest thing is I'm gonna see is what he does for that defense because he was freaking like he completely changed the Rams defense last year he turned them in the best defense in the league so what is hopefully he can do that with the Chargers I also like the Chargers a lot so 
Um, yeah, Chargers are one of those teams. That I don't know why, but I've always kind of had like an attraction to. And maybe, maybe it's just because I'm a. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe it's a little bit of a homer because of Ladanian Tomlinson. Um, also, I'm just a sucker for that light blue, bro. That powder blue. Oh my god. I mean, that's literally that is why I created our fucking entire brand off of that color. I just I don't know. I love it. Yeah, it looks no, so I good agree. to me. They, they have the best uniforms and color scheme in the NFL. Easy. Yeah, easy. Ironically, actually, I love the Lions colors too. That blue is silver. I really like that. But their uniforms aren't really anything special ever. <laughs> no. Yeah. All right, well, that is, that's all we got for our 2021 predictions. That's every major award. We got the Super Bowl going. Actually, I didn't even – you chose a Super Bowl winner. I didn't even name one. You had the Packers. I'm going to go with the Bills to win the Super Bowl this year. They get it done out of the AFC. So that's what we have for the 2021 predictions. So with that being said, now we're going to switch gears a little bit and still stay on the NFL, still stay on this season. But we are kind of going to be answering some questions ahead of the 2021 season. Um, and by questions, I mean truly just all year, what are some of the main things we want to look at for the NFL? And first thing that I am one to know personally as a Bengals fan, Elijah just stepped out, but he'll be back in a bit. He's refreshing. Um, is are the Browns Super Bowl contenders? I am really, really curious to see how the Browns pan out this year. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, the Browns have the talent. They have the coaching staff. They have all the bits and pieces you need to be a Super Bowl caliber team, but can they actually get it done is the question that I am looking forward to this year. Elijah, what is your take on this? So I think in terms of like contenders, are they going to be one of those last four teams in the AFC at least? Yeah. Yeah. They can, they can make a playoff run and win a playoff game or two this year. No question. Because the way they're built, like with their running game, like time and time again, we've seen that the running game is extremely effective in the playoffs. And that's what they're going to do. I mean, they have a good head coach, like you said, like Stefanski is lights out. Um, if Baker Mayfield could limit his mistakes and continue to play well at the play action, then yeah, like they, they can be contenders. I really think the biggest variable in the Browns equation is going to be Baker Mayfield. If Baker Mayfield doesn't turn the ball over, they have a, a phenomenally better shot to get to the Super Bowl. Because, I mean, Odell, you know, he sure, he's a question mark. He's still a solid receiver. Jarvis Landry, solid receiver. If David Njoku is healthy, which I don't know if he's capable of staying healthy for an entire season, but he's still, ooh, excuse me, he's still a decent receiver. So they have the weapons. Like you said, their backfield. I mean, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. What better of a duo could you ask for behind one of the top five offensive lines in the league? Um, and I mean, their defense is fucking good too, bro. Like Miles Garrett. I mean, they're they're just gonna be. They got Clowney. They what? They got Clowney too. They got Clowney now too. Clowney's Clowney's still kind of a variable <laughs> in my opinion, though. I mean, I don't know what Clowney you're gonna get each year. That's true. So, That's true. I think. Overall, I think my answer to this question would be yes. I do think the Browns are Super Bowl contenders this year. But do they have the finishing capability to make it that far? No. I don't think Baker's that guy. I don't think they're going to be able to come up in the clutch in late-game scenarios, fourth quarter, game-winning drives, that kind of thing. I don't think Baker's the guy to lead them there. So for that reason, I'm going to say no. They are not true contenders. Um. I think that I wouldn't be shocked at all if they made it to AFC Championship game. I wouldn't be yeah. shocked. And I it's like if they peak. make it that far, then they're like a quote unquote like contender. So I would say yes. Yeah. Okay. In that sense, yeah, you're right. But I just don't think Baker's going to be able to get yeah, past. I think, think that Baker's is their like, peak. Yeah, I mean, that's AFC just, Championship is their peak. Yeah. I would not be surprised as well seeing them there too. Yeah. And Stefanski too is almost one of my picks for Coach of the Year. Stefanski's done a phenomenal job at cleveland so who won it last year good question i'm gonna look that up who won coach of the year 2020 it was a weird ass year though nick nurse wait that's, what that's a basketball <laughs> yeah google just said nick nurse <laughs> NFL. that's funny 
Oh, Stefanski did. Yeah, I was about to say. That I makes like, a lot I of think, sense. I thought Stefanski won it last year. Yeah, um, well, Stefanski. I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if he's up there again. I, repeating, though, as coach of the year is probably near impossible, though. So Yeah, they don't really do that. Yeah. Uh, what do you got, though? What kind of questions you got? So, one of mine, I have a lot. Um, the first question I have are the Chargers going to make the next step. Are they going to um, finally shake off their abysmal luck that they've had and live up to the talent that they got with Justin Herbert and that offense and that defense, too? And finally make a playoff push. So I'm going to say yes, but not this year. I think it's going to be next season where they really take that leap. I think this year, there's a lot A lot of people have some high expectations for the Chargers. And I do think they're going to do well. I think they're a playoff team without a doubt. But I don't know if they're going to win a playoff game, though. Well, yeah. Well, the next step for them would be making the playoffs. So, playoff making the playoffs for them is a dub. Okay, yeah. In that okay, well, in that case, yeah. I was more so looking towards like being able to make playoff runs consistently in that in that term. But yeah, I do think the Chargers will be able to make the playoffs this year. So, yeah, if that's what we're looking for, then I think yes, they will make the next step. That that yeah, I agree too. I think that uh, I think it's finally time that they can make it. Other people say no. Other people are like, this franchise is cursed. They're not going to be able to make it out. It's like a culture thing, I guess, that they get blow it in late games last year. I mean, they did it against the Broncos in a huge, um, huge comeback. But who's their co- coach? It wasn't Vance Joseph. Um, Anthony Lynn. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a bad coach. He would he, that was, A lot of that was on him. So maybe with Brandon Staley. Um, That's Yeah, coach. I think Staley could change a lot, really. The more and more I make that coach of the year pick, the more I like it. Because like Kevin Stefanski was rookie head coach last year and won it. Yeah, no, it's it's a good pick. I I like the Chargers this year to make the playoffs for sure. So, yeah, I'm going to say yes, then they do take the next step. Okay, cool. So another one I have is another kind of coach central again, not Brandon Staley or anybody, but Urban Meyer uh, with the Jags. Is Urban Meyer – built for the NFL is he gonna find some sort of success like he did you know historically at Ohio State in Florida just one of the greatest college coaches of all time can he somehow reproduce any of that magic in the NFL what what's your take on urban so we've been high on urban and we've been like saying like you know this is probably gonna work out but like the more and more reports come out, the more we might be wrong because like <laughs> that's what I was just about to say yeah like there was <laughs> like the whole dude on the hype man on the mic shit and just like him just doing things that are like grown men are like dude like this is shit we did in college it doesn't really work that way in the nfl um so the more and more he does shit like that and is remaining headstrong um the more i get concerned maybe like by mid-season he'll just be like you know maybe you guys are right y'all are grown men i need to change my ways but then again he could just be like no this is how i do things this is how we win and he sticks to it, and Jack's players like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah, I, I, same, I'm in the same boat. The more I hear about it, the more I read about Urban, the more, uh, the more uncertainty the more, I have. Yeah. The more, yeah, yeah I the, do. The longer it goes on, the more I'm like, this guy is not going to change his ways. Like, he's going to be pretty stubborn about it. Well, because I mean, his ways in college worked so well. So I'm sure exactly. it's just. I'm sure it's impossible for him to change his whole coaching scheme per se, or not, not his schemes, but like his attitude about it or how he handles things. So yeah, I am, I do have a lot of uncertainty, but I really, I want urban to succeed. I want to see urban do well. I want to see Trevor Lawrence do well. I would have no complaints if the Jags turned that program around or that organization around and became somehow playoff, a playoff team in the next few years. Cause Hell, they did it with fucking Blake Bortles. They can do it with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yeah. so, yeah. Nah, I, I, I I agree, too. I'm rooting for him. I think it'd be so cool if Urban turned around and maybe won a Super Bowl one day with Trevor Lawrence and then be, like, the third or fourth guy. He'd be the fourth guy to win a national championship and the Super Bowl. He joined Pete Carroll, uh, Barry Switzer, and um, Jimmy Carr. I mean, uh, why am I blanking on him? Cowboys guy. How about the Cowboys? Was it Jimmy Carter? 
Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Carter was the player. Jimmy Carter was the president. Of the Cowboys? No, of the United States in the 70s. God, I'm fucking retarded, bro. <laughs> <sighs> Jimmy the Carter dude, sounds he's, like a player, though. No, he's, really he's, familiar. A pre- he's a U.S. president. I don't know my fucking presidents, bro, okay? I don't know all 45 of they them. They can't name the courts, whatever. Uh, we don't need to get into that. But, yeah, he's still alive. He's from Georgia. Okay, we're, we're done. But, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't fucking know, dude. I'm, I'm bad with that shit. But the longer this goes on, the more he doesn't change. The answer is no. But if he does finally concede a little bit and make some adjustments in how he does things, then yes. Yeah, I agree. Same thing. I, I think that he will eventually find success if he's given enough time. I think maybe even just one year, which I'm hoping he stays though. Cause I'm nervous that we've talked about his men- mental issues in the past. Like he is very, he gets upset when he loses and not just yeah. upset. Like he takes it to heart. He has a really hard time even just processing fucking losing, which after being in college for that long, after having that much success, I totally understand how it probably affects him personally, but that shit won't fly in the NFL. It really mm-hmm. won't. No. Um, Max, shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's got his bone. Okay, so next question I have is, how will the Cowboys look with a full season with Dak and Mike McCarthy? Because the first four games last year looked pretty fucking awesome. He was the most productive quarterback in the NFL by a large stretch, big margin. And then he got, as we all know, he got hurt. And then... We were got off with Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci and Gary Gilbert. <laughs> ben so, DiNucci. Oh, my God. Um, thank God he got cut. <laughs> um, he was awful on hard knocks, dude. He was so bad. He's the um, best free agent in the league, bro. I think we, oh, we signed him to our practice squad. But no, yeah, he's so bad. That's kind of that's my question is just like, will that production look the same? And will that be sustained over a full year? Or was that just – flash in the pan and we're not going to see that again i think yes the the production of dak will continue and the production of the offense will continue but in terms of mccarthy with dallas as a whole that i have a little bit more concern of um defensively they're not even though they got micah parsons now i still don't see the cowboys defense as anything near threat um they're going to be a bottom half defense if we can get somewhere to average, we would be really good. Yeah, even an average defense, you're right. So that is my main concern with the McCarthy. But, yeah, I mean, if we're just talking about Dak and McCarthy, I think, yes, uh, that production is going to continue. They're going to have success offensively together, which, I mean, it's hard not to, bro, with the weapons they have. So I would not be surprised if it continued for a whole year. Okay, awesome. Ooh. All right, my last question I got is – can Sean Payton win football games without Drew Brees? I, it's been – I don't remember a time when Drew Brees was not the Saints quarterback. Uh, my entire life he has been there almost, it's, it feels like. I was probably too young to remember whenever he first came into the league. But he's – Drew Brees is the Saints. The Saints are Drew Brees. They are synonymous. And now Sean Payton – has to has to roll into the season without him. So how how are we feeling now with Jameis as the quarterback? You think the Saints are still going to be a decent team? I think so. I think uh, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be at least five hundred. At least. Well, there is no five hundred anymore. <laughs> Around five nine and eight. <laughs> so dumb. It's so stupid. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think they're gonna be bad. I think um, if Sean McVay fixed. Jameis's interception problems, and yeah, because Jameis has a cannon, um, he can sling it. He just his problem is that he just turned the ball over too much. If he turns the ball over, you know, even half as much as he did at Tampa Bay, then no, he can't win without Drew Brees at least for this year. But if he doesn't, and he's limited to like ten to twelve interceptions, then yeah, like it's it's pretty much all on Jameis right now. But I I think he can do it. I think Jameis can do it. It, you know, it, it really is like kind of all on Jameis. Yeah, I, I think he could do it too. I'm a big Jameis guy. I've backed Jameis from the beginning. I love, 
I always kind of poke fun at the Mr. 30 for 30 concept of his interception touchdown ratio. But yeah, if he can limit his turnovers, I think the Saints are incredibly undervalued this year. Um, they still have offensive weapons, even though they lost uh, Michael Thomas. I will say, well, not lost him. He's still there, but they lost him for the op- the first third of the season. Um, I think Marquez Callaway is going to step in and fill that role really well. I've I've heard only good things about Callaway in the preseason. I think he is very underrated uh, at the wide receiver position. He looked really if, good. Yeah, if you if possible, I would recommend picking him up in your fantasy leagues if he's still available, which I doubt he is. But Callaway, I think, is going to be phenomenal for the first few weeks. So, and I mean, of course, Kamara, bro, you can't. You can't go wrong with Kamara. He's going to put up – he's a sure thing. One of the most sure things in the entire NFL, that Kamara will produce numbers. So, yes, I think the Saints are going to be able to win games. I think Sean Payton will still find success with Jameis Winston. And I'm actually really curious to see how that duo works out because we've – you know, Jameis has made appearances, but we've never really seen him take control of the team. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. I hope Jameis makes his comeback, gets back into the limelight, and restores – his former glory days of being the Mr. Squinty 30 for 30. Yeah. I mean, if he has a good year this year, then the saints will easily turn him into their franchise guy. Like he has that kind of potential. He really does. Yeah. How old is he? He's still pretty young. I mean, maybe 30. Uh, Are you looking it up? Yeah. Um, He is 27. So yeah, he's got all the potential. He's got, you know, 10 years left in him. Tim, yeah dude Jameis could I mean he was I guess I don't know if I would consider him a franchise quarterback for the Bucks, but I mean he was definitely their guy for a few years so I wouldn't be surprised yeah if he turned it around and he became the Saints new quarterback for the next five plus years you know poor Taysom Hill though Taysom Hill never is really going to get a shot I don't think I think it's just always going to be that utility player type all right and then we can just one last question real quick because I know you got to go soon. Um, how much will home field advantage affect teams after a year of empty stadiums? Hmm, I think it's a, that's a really good question. Actually, that Thank is you. I'm, <laughs> you look so proud of it. Like, proud yeah. of that is a good question, huh? I, I think, think it's, it's gonna affect it. Yeah, I think it's gonna have a lot of effect. Yeah, because I mean. Even though these guys are used to, you know, playing in front of big crowds, they're used to the NFL roars and everything. It's been two years since they've really experienced it to the full ex- fullest extent. And especially for the rookies, they've never experienced it. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's going to have a, a huge impact. That's that's interesting. Yeah, like what if Justin Herbert, like he's a shy guy. What if mm-hmm. him with fans, he can't handle it? Yeah. Know? Like I think uh, what I if, think Herbert will be fine. I mean, but. he'll be fine, but that's just an example, you know. No, yeah, yeah. Um, and then another thing too, it's like, like you said, these these fans haven't been in stadiums for two years, so they're gonna be extra crazy. Oh yeah, that's true. They're gonna be extra route, especially for the first few games, definitely. So yeah, gamblers beware. Home field advantage is gonna be back. That's gonna be something that we have to look at again because last year we were kind of blessed without. Uh, having to take into account home yeah field i never never thought about home field advantage last year mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. now you do yeah Again, dude, that's so that's interesting i'm really excited to see how that's going to play out all right i am too yeah all right but another thing i'm interested to see that's gonna how it's gonna play out is i know this weekend's football it means fantasy's back and if you've been following along with the gtd sports podcasters fantasy league it all starts tonight. We got our first matchup against Fancock Sports. Here, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna pull it up real quick so we can uh, have a have a little preview on the screen of uh, who exactly we are going against. Let's see, pull it up, sleeper, dude. I've been loving sleeper so far. Sleeper is so my glad. new. I'm moving my league, my regular friends league next year. Sleeper. I should have done it this week, this year because they. Some they offered me a hundred bucks to switch over the league, but I just like completely blanked and didn't do it, which was a big mistake. Dude, I they sent me that offer too, like three months ago, and I was like, no, I don't want to use sleeper. And then now I literally switched all my leagues. <laughs> so yeah. I missed out on that. Like, see, I have four leagues already, but um podcasters league GTD. Let's pull up this matchup. So I'm gonna zoom in a little bit just so it's a little bit clearer. 
right. There we go. So first things first, I mean, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, that's a good matchup, but I think Kyler Murray is the way to go. The main thing I'm nervous about with our team is how Josh Jacobs is going to perform mm-hmm. just all season. I'm, I'm yeah. really, I'm also know, scared. Recently, I've been kind of nervous that maybe we should have picked Eckler over the job. Yeah. Eckler's a PPR machine, dude. He is a PPR machine. You're right. And I, I almost took him in a personal draft. I was number seven, which is absolutely the worst place to draft in a 12-man league. And I was between drafting Saquon or Eckler. And I went with Saquon, but now I'm kind of thinking I should have yeah. gone with Eckler. I picked him. I had I know, a personal draft. I picked him sixth. And Chubb was available, too. You know, the guy that actually drafted Eckler right behind me is a huge Giants fan, so I may be able to trade just Barkley for straight Eckler up. straight up. I might. I really might, yeah. I might see if I could do yeah. that. But but I think we have a good shot week one. No, I do too. I think it is like going to be a good matchup, though, because he has a good team. I mean, Derrick Henry, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, and Darren Waller. I didn't even realize he had Darren Waller. Yeah, this That's- is a solid team. One question I have, though, for us is should we start Gronk over the, against the Cowboys tonight over Gusecki against the Pats? Actually, that is a good question, yeah, because Cowboys' defense is a little bit rough. Um, he's projected slightly more. If anybody's really, watching, do they have any suggestions? Yeah, if anybody has any suggestions, leave a comment because that is that's tough the pats do kind of well against tight ends and the cowboys we suck the thing though that makes me nervous about gronk is still oj howard oj know? howard yeah but he's ahead of him on the depth chart right now yeah he is but he's like i could see him like fr- like maybe later on in the season yeah but like fresh legs week one yeah honestly i might i might side with uh on with gronk on this one tonight should we should we do it yeah, I can do it real quick because right, I think this. Yeah, I think that Dolphins Pats game is going to be really low scoring. So yeah, let's just see what happens because this might be a, a slugfest. It, it might be. Yeah, I could totally see thirty plus points for each team tonight. Um. All right. Yeah. So we'll see. What I actually I do think though that we um in this matchup our flex dominates their flex. I love Corey Davis and Galladay a lot more uh, than Melvin Gordon and Hollywood Brown. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think the flex play is really what's going to decide this game. And then also I'm nervous that Darren Waller is just going to go off for like thirty points, but it is what it is. It is what it is. We'll see. Yeah, that's gonna be a good week. Good week one though. It is, yeah, going to be a good week one. So that is our matchup for the Podcasters Fantasy League. Um, make sure you guys go and check out Fancock Sports. We had a bit too much going on this week to uh, actually you know, have them on the episode, but we're going to try in the future to maybe uh, have you know whoever we're playing our opponents, because they're all podcasters, so have them on the episode, kind of shit talk a little bit for the matchup and what we think might happen. But for this week, it is what it is. Here is our matchup against Fancock Sports. Really looking forward to it. And make sure you guys check out all of their content. Great people. Good content. So looking forward to everything with this fantasy league. It is, it's is—it's been a lot of fun so far. Great group of people. All right. Ready for Taylor Fade? Our Taylor new or Fade. Yeah, I'll let you explain it, you know. So we're coming up kind of like how we do Love It or Loathe It on Tuesdays. We wanted to kind of switch it up a little bit, and we're already going to be talking about our picks anyway, so we decided to turn it into a segment called Taylor Fade. Each week, we're going to have five college football picks and then five NFL picks. Ryan's going to give me his picks, and I'll decide if I want to tail or fade him. And then I'm going to give Ryan's, Ryan my picks, and he's going to decide if he's going to tailor fade me. And then we're going to kind of tally up our record of tailing or fading each other's picks and see how well we do against each other All right. by debating, you know, each other's picks. I think it's going to be a pretty good segment. Yeah, no, I like this. Picks out too. Yeah, I like this. We'll probably go through them quick just because it is a kind of a lot of picks to get through. So we're going to start, though, because college football, can't forget, mm-hmm. I know NFL is the prime time this weekend. It's finally starting. But college football is also still there. So we're going to start with our best five college football picks. I'll go ahead and go through mine first. I'm taking Buffalo plus 13 at Nebraska. What do you uh, think? I'm, I'm going to tail. Yeah, that's that's one of my locks of the weekend. I really like that one. 
Are you putting a note by it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm putting notes. So I'm going to keep our records, what we do. All right. Yeah, I like that. That way we can track them. My next one, I'm going to go with Iowa plus four and a half against Iowa State. I'm tailing that. I was mad that I didn't get to put that on my picks. <laughs> yeah, I think that I, is incredible value. I, Iowa's really good right now. I think it's going to be a really good game. Iowa State struggled last week, so I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And then, again, I'm going to be sticking with the underdogs. This one might be a little bit biased just because I fucking hate Notre Dame. But I'm taking Toledo plus 16 and a half at Notre Dame. I'm going to fade you on this. I'm going to fade you on this. I think okay. uh, Notre Dame is going to be bounced back this week and kind of put it on a show against a lesser opponent. Okay. Yeah, maybe, could, maybe, maybe Florida State's actually good. That is the thing. I don't know about Florida State really. They could be good this year, but I, I don't. I'm just not too confident. Sixteen and a half is a is a pretty big margin, so I could see this is going to be a sweat fest regardless. And then my last one is I'm going with an over under. I'm taking Boston College versus UMass under fifty eight, strictly because UMass is incapable of scoring, and Boston College is going to pull out all of their starters. So I'm going to tail on this one. I agree. UMass is probably going to put up a fat goose egg, and I don't think Boston College can put up seventy points by themselves. Maybe yeah. they could against UMass, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell. You missed one though, NC State. Oh, I did actually. Yeah, NC State minus one thirty five. I'm going with the money line. They're actually two and a half point favorites, but I'm gonna lay the juice on the money line just for a little bit of security. I think NC State is very underrated, and Mississippi State is overrated in my opinion. So I'm taking NC State. Yeah, I'm going to fade. I actually have the exact – I didn't see that you made that pick. I have the exact opposite pick on mine at Mississippi State plus two and a half. Um, I think that they have more talent as an SEC team. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see how that one turns out. I'm, I'm, that's going to be a good one to watch. So. It's going to be a good one, yeah. It's going to be a good one. Kind of a gross week for college football. Yeah, um, there's a lot of big spreads. Ugh. Uh, UT minus six and a half versus Arkansas. Ooh. I'm actually going to fade you on that one. Okay. I, I think – are you going to write – yeah, you go ahead. Um, Yeah, so that's going to be close. But I think the only reason I'm fading is because Arkansas is the home team. Uh, Texas hasn't had a road trip yet. I know Arkansas is really fucking bad, but I don't know why. I feel like I feel like Texas should be favored by a lot more in this one. And because they aren't, I think there's a chance that Arkansas covers. Okay. Uh, Houston minus eight at Rice. I'm gonna I'm gonna tail that one. Rice is terrible. Houston is they had a they had a bad game week one against Texas Tech. So yeah, they've got to make it up. All right, Mississippi State plus two and a half. You're already gonna fade because you made yep, the opposite fade that. And then Oregon Ohio State over at sixty three and a half. Oh, heavy tail! I almost took that one myself on my personal card. I have Ohio State's team total over thirty nine. So heavy heavy tail on that one. All right, Miami of Ohio plus nineteen at Minnesota. That one is interesting. I don't know what to do on that, actually. Yeah, it's a tough pick, uh, mostly because I was scrounging for one to look because you took a lot of games that I wanted to take. And like I said, this week in college football is gross. So I just There's went a lot with this of one because, spreads. yeah, Minnesota's defense isn't very good. Miami of Ohio, Maction, they put up points. So I figured maybe they can keep it within 19. So that was my thought process going into that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tail it actually, because yeah, Minnesota also suffered their running back suffered a season-ending injury, so that's a big hit to them. Yeah, I'm gonna go with tail. I'm a little bit nervous on that one though, but I will tail you. Okay. All right, now flipping gears, we're going our NFL best five bets. NFL is always a bit trickier to bet because the competition, like the the gap of competition, is just so small in the NFL. So. First up on my list is actually one of my favorite picks of the week. I'm taking Green Bay minus three and a half at New Orleans. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to open the season with a dub. New Orleans still has a bit of adjusting to do, and the Packers is not the team to do it against. Um, I'm going to tail. I actually have this game in a 16 parlay, so I uh, I like this pick a lot. <laughs> 16 parlay shit. Uh. Yep, so it's 20 to win 800, so I really want that. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm about to go ham on parlays, too. All right. Uh, Next up, I got 
New York Giants plus three against the Broncos. I almost took the money line, but decided to go with the three so, point cushion. I don't know what to do with this. I actually made this pick on Tali's side, like kind of like flipping back and forth between Broncos and Giants. I'm just gonna go ahead and tail because I already posted on my Twitter that I was taking this, but like thank God I didn't go ahead and put money on it yet. So I might because I might fade, but I'll just go ahead and say I'll tell. All right, and then this one is my absolute lock of the week. My favorite bet is Vikings at Bengals over 47. I think the Vikings are going to trounce the Bengals' shitty defense, and Joe Burrow is going to be throwing the entire game against an average Vikings D. 47 points. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tell you on that one, too. We got three tails. All right, looks like we got great minds think alike, you know? Yeah. That's that's kind of a lower because I just think, yeah, I just think a lot of points. I don't. The, those those are two very not good defenses. Um, yeah, that's, that's the might be reason. scared though. All right, all right. Next, next up is, and I know I already know you really like this one. Seattle minus two and a half at Indianapolis. Yeah, that's a fat tail. I actually gave you that one on Tuesday. Yeah, not really. Yeah. You're you're probably taking it anyway, but I give you the heads up on it. So that's a fat tail. Yeah, I'm actually probably gonna place that tonight before the line changes anymore. All right, so it looks like we're four for four on the tails right now. And last but not least, I'm going Jacksonville Jaguars team total over twenty three and a half. I think they're gonna score at least twenty four points against the Texans. I'm tailing everything, I'd say it. Hey, that's, that's a, good hey, for that's, you. That's good. That's good. Maybe yeah. we're gonna get some winners. I mean, shit. I'm not. I'm not fading you. The one I'm sketchy about the most, actually, you know what? I'm gonna change it. I am gonna okay. fade you on this on this over right here. Because really? you're, gonna, you're fading my most confident pick. Yeah, I'm fading it because I think that there's a good chance that one of these teams just only puts up 10 points. I don't I don't see it, honestly. I really don't. So I'm gonna right. I'm gonna change I'm gonna go back on that. So four tails and one fade. All right, let's flip it over. Let's hear your picks. Rams minus seven and a half versus the Bears. I'm going to tail this one because I personally have Rams minus four and a half first half on my card. So I'm considering doubling, uh, like, you know, putting one unit on the first half, one unit on the full game spread. Uh, So, yeah, I like that one. I'm going to tail that. Yeah. Rams are going to run away with that game. All right, Buffalo minus six and a half versus the Steelers. I think Buffalo's going to win this game, but six and a half, I'm going to fade, actually. I hate the Steelers. I I really do, but I think they're going to keep it close, so I'm going to fade. And then Cowboys was at eight and a half. Now it's at nine plus nine at the bus tonight. I'm going to tail. I, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but boys, let's go. if the line was at minus six and a half, like it opened up, then I probably would have taken the Bucks. But now that it's oh, moved yeah. to plus, yeah, now that it's moved to plus nine, I think the Cowboys aren't that bad compared to the Bucks. So, yeah, plus nine, yeah. I'm gonna tail that. I agree. Um, you like the jersey though? Yeah, I do. Those are one of my favorite Cowboy jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, this is fake. Twenty bucks. <laughs> I have a fake uh, Color Rush Andy Dalton jersey too. Fuck yeah. All right. Jags minus three versus Texans. Uh, tail. Yeah, tail. I think Jags win. I almost went with the Jags spread. I instead went with their team total. But yeah, I think they're going to they're gonna win that one. All right. And then Titans minus three versus the Cardinals. I'm actually going to fade this one. I think the Cardinals are going to come up with a bit of an upset in week one. And I think they're going to okay. win. All right. Yeah. Well, that was pretty successful. Yeah, I like I that, it. actually. I like that a lot. I like it's like it's this- a good way. Yeah, instead of good just you know reading off, yeah, instead of just reading off our picks, it's a good way to distribute them per se. Kind of talk about them, debate. Yeah, so we're definitely going to be posting our official cards whenever we finalize them before kickoff this weekend. I'm probably going to be posting mine on Friday. Um, so be on the lookout on our social media if you want to keep up with our betting picks. But nonetheless, cannot wait for college football, NFL this weekend. It's finally here, the best time of the year. We've made it through the off season. I I just can't even put into words how excited I am. So my yeah. pussy is throbbing. My pussy is throbbing. That's the that's the best way to explain how we feel right now. Um, but yeah, another another Thursday episode. We are wrapping this one up. So for those that 
stay tuned for the whole time. We really appreciate you guys. And we'll be back same time, same place on Tuesday, where we will be giving our reactions to this weekend of football and everything NFL probably. So thanks for listening. We'll see you then.